This is HPR episode 1828 entitled Multimeter Mods Part 1. It is hosted by Anibil and is about 19 minutes long. The summary is Anibil modifies his multimeter to add features he feels are lacking. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. This is NY Bill, and today I thought I'd talk to everyone about a little uh, hack I have planned here for a meter that I use. A while back, I heard about these Unity meters. Uh, this one is a UT61E, so U-N-I-T. I'll uh, link that in the show notes. For a hobby multimeter, this is not bad, and they're not expensive. Let me look it up quick. Yeah, so I just uh, looked it up on Amazon. This particular model is $49 currently. Now, what this is, um, it's basically a Chinese knockoff of a very expensive, like a Fluke or an Agilent, where you would be up in the $500 range, and I'm not kidding, a handheld multimeter pushing five, $600. Here, they've come out with them for $50. Now, I don't think I would use this one professionally. I, professionally, I use a Fluke because I know I'm going to be putting my probes on some very high voltage, and if something goes wrong, I don't want the thing blowing up in my hand and Fluke and some of the bigger names, the Agilents, they they have like blast shielding actually inside the meter. So if something does go wrong, you blow those fuses that are in there. There are interconnected pieces of plastic blast shields within on the inside of the unit. It's hard to explain, but it's so that if it if something does go wrong and something blows out, it doesn't blow out the side of the unit and you're holding it in your hand there and well, you can imagine. These are built kind of cheaply, these unities. However, for hobby use, I, I don't see how you can go wrong. If, if you're a hobbyist, if you're, if you're you know, messing around with, uh, well, like I'm going to get into talking about in a minute, you know, just your components and your capacitors and your resistors and your Arduinos and your RPIs, this, this is a great, this is a great uh, meter for $50. Uh, it's got every function you're going to need, like voltage, millivoltage, ohms, capacitance, hertz, microamps, and, you know, every, everything's there. It also comes with this little capacitor diode checking doohickey. I, I, I haven't used that yet. It also will data log, so you can leave this thing running on something for an hour, two hours, a day, and come back and download the data to a computer. Now, I, I think, well, I know... It said it was for Windows only. I'm sure I could get it going in Wine, but I haven't even bothered with any of that. The downfalls to this, personally, well, two little things I didn't care for is it doesn't have a backlight. I, on my Fluke, I just turn the backlight. As soon as I turn the thing on, I turn the backlight. Sometimes even if I'm out in the sun, 
it's just like a habit for me to hit that button. So I always have the backlight going. On the fluke, the light will time out after a little while, and you might have to press the button again. The thing I really missed on this uh, Unity over using my fluke is the timeout. I, I'm so used to just setting my fluke to voltage. I go, I take my reading, and I throw the thing back in my tool bag. And I don't know how long the fluke timeout is, but it times out and shuts itself off, and you save your battery. My fluke battery will last, geez, if I change it once every three years maybe, and I use it almost daily, that's a very handy feature. The first three or four times I used this Unity, because I'm used to my fluke, I set it to voltage, I do whatever I'm doing, I set it aside, I come back the next day, and the battery's dead. Because when you leave the f function dial in a function, it just runs and runs and runs until the battery dies. So I think this is a good opportunity for uh, a little hacking here. So what I thought I would do is open this thing up, have a look at the guts inside, see how much room is in there. And I think I could just add a couple LEDs to the LCD screen and light that up. And then using a MOSFET and a momentary switch, I can have this, I put a little, I'll put a little switch on the side. I haven't yet, but just a momentary switch, kind of like you might see on like, well, I guess iPods had them or audio players, something you just pull down for a second and then let it snap back up. Now what that's gonna do is I can interrupt either the ground or the positive, I, I suppose it doesn't matter, on the, uh, nine volt battery. So I'll have the positive for the nine volt battery go up to a momentary switch. And then that's gonna charge up a capacitor. The capacitor is going to drain through a resistor. So the capacitor is gonna hold voltage for quite a while, depending on the capacitor you use and the resistor you use. Then the MOSFET, picture it like a switch. So I wanna switch nine volts to this meter. And then I have a power drain situation with the capacitor and the resistor. So what the MOSFET will do is close a switch as long as it's within a voltage range. So the one I'm using, I think, was a voltage range from 20 volts to, I think, right under 3 volts. Anyways, I'm going to be using between 9 volts, because it's a 9-volt battery in there. And we'll see where it runs out. I can, I can do some timing. So I'll, I'll pick the right resistor and capacitor to have a proper drain. So what that MOSFET's going to do is... You hit your momentary switch, it charges up the capacitor, the capacitor pulls in the MOSFET, so to speak, and that lets the 9-volt current go through two pins of the MOSFET. So then the MOSFET's going to be still watching that capacitor as it drains, and it's going to hold those two pins in and send 9 volts to the meter and to the LCD, or LCD, the LED lights on the LCD, until the voltage drops below, well, we'll say 2.5 volts. So... I'll link to some pictures in the show notes. I got the Unity open, the meter open. Uh, it looks like there's plenty of room in there to put switches and the capacitor and the resistor. I open it up further. You can look at the show notes if you like the pictures if you want, uh, where I'm flipping it over and checking out how the LCD screen works. LCD screens have like a like a white plastic behind them, and well, this is how uh, your your monitor and your your notebook works too there's like a white plastic sometimes it's like a honeycomb type of feature and then a bulb will shine up through the plastic and depending on the honeycomb structure or the density of the plastic you'll, you'll get an even light when i looked at it i saw it had that white piece of plastic back there and it had two little indents 
like you could like maybe there's an upgraded version of this unity that does have a backlight but it looks like there's there was already two little notches in that white plastic for led bulbs so so i had to find some leds in my bag i had red ones yellow ones and green ones and i i tried them and it none of them looked very cool i mean it's a red meter and you put a green led in there it's going to look like christmas and the yellow one's going to make, make it look like easter or something so I thought what might be cool on this one is a blue LED. I was going to wait and order some uh, blue LEDs for this. And then I recalled right after Christmas, I was in a store and they were selling all the Christmas stuff at like a huge discount, all the decorations and that. And on the bottom shelf was LED Christmas tree lights. And they were like $2 where, you know, the day before Christmas, they were $20. So I thought, ooh, I'll just I'll buy these for two bucks and I'll have 50 LEDs I can use in future projects. So I recalled that. I went down into the basement, into that Christmas tree box there, and uh, see what colors were in there. And they had red, green, yellow, and blue. So there's my blue LEDs. So I got those. And if you look at the show notes, you can see me kind of uh, building up a little LED wiring harness. I had to get the uh, spacing on the LEDs right to fit into those two little notches on the uh, white reflection behind the LCD screen. And I also put shrink wrap over everything because right near where these wires are going to run, there are contacts on the board where the uh, function buttons in the front go down and press. I didn't want any uh, traces or solder from the LED harness to be touching any of these pads mistakenly. So I installed this harness under the LCD in that those two white plastic notches. And then the wires and the leads kind of curled around through the, uh, the relativity and peak button and then around the blue option button on the Unity, and then the other side of the leads came down between the hold and the range buttons, and then up around the uh, the yellow function button. So I don't know if that really <laughs> helps describe anything, but if you look at a picture of this meter, you can maybe you can kind of tell how I routed the wires. And then there was a uh, cutout right there between underneath range and relative that is... Uh, there was a hole in the PCB for one of the screws that holds the whole case together to come up and go into a screw mount. So my two, my red and my black wire from my LCD harness, L, oh, this is getting confusing. LED harness went through that hole in the PCB. So it went into the back of the case where I can mount a switch and a capacitor and all that. The next thing to work on would be the MOSFET circuitry. So I just I got my breadboard out. I found a momentary switch. You can see pictures of that as well. And uh, I just wired it up. I actually put the Unity back together while I was doing that because I wanted to use it to uh, watch the voltage drain on the capacitor. And I had a decade resistance box. So I can just dial in resistance and try and get something close to 10 minutes. I had a 470 microfarad electrolytic cap. Uh, what voltage is that? Oh, a 16-volt one. I just had it lying around. And then I dialed in the resistance, so the, the drain of the cap, to get to the amount of time I wanted, which was around 10 minutes. Turns out with a 1 megaohm resistance on this 470 cap, I was getting 10 minutes and 40 seconds. So that's close enough for me. I just I want to pull the meter out, turn it on, do whatever I'm doing, which may take you know, 30 seconds, or it may take 3 or 4 or 5 seconds. Or I, I just thought... 10, 10 minutes was a, uh, a good window to turn the meter on, use it for whatever you're doing. You might tweak something over here, and then you grab the probes again, and you, you test something again. I figured if you're not done in doing what you need to do in 10 minutes, 
it's not such a big deal just to turn the thing back on again. Of course, this is going to mess with the uh, recording feature. Hmm, I just thought about that right now. I don't ever plan on doing that uh, recording feature where I'll watch some voltage over an hour or a day and then go back and look at it. I don't plan on doing that. I suppose if I ever found I wanted to, I could just change the uh, switch from off momentary and then like, or maybe it would be on is up and then off is in the middle and then down is momentary. Maybe I'll look for one of those. Then I'll have the option to uh, just pull the little switch down to momentary and it pulls in the MOSFET, it sends power to the meter and the LEDs, it runs for 10 minutes, it shuts off. If I wanna have the thing running for a day, I'll push it up into the on position. Now I think I might actually go and find, see if there's a on, off, momentary, small little thing that I can mount. There's plenty of room behind the LCD in like the back of the case that, the, you know, the case splits in, in half. That whole back area back there, there's, there's like nothing back there. I think they just continue the form factor up just to, you know, make it look impressive. I don't know. <laughs> so, okay, uh, I'm going to pause here because... I just finished, I got the, the LEDs in underneath the LCD, and I have the uh, MOSFET circuit running at 10 minutes, 40 seconds on my breadboard. So I'm just going to have to find a, a switch I want to use and then solder up this resistor, this capacitor, and this MOSFET in like a little tiny package, and I'll probably just shrink wrap the whole thing and just have a couple leads coming out, and then uh, I'll put it in the meter. So... You won't know I'm pausing. <laughs> you won't notice any uh, time lapse right here, but at least the day is going to go by while I go to somewhere to look for this switch. So I guess this is intermission. I should play some music. Okay, I'm back. That little blip in the audio there was about 24 hours gone by. I continued to play around with this uh, circuit a little more, and I also went online looking for that switch that I wanted to find. I couldn't find an on-off momentary switch. Well, I did find them, but they were large switches. They seem to be for uh, automotive applications. What I want is a little, little tiny sub-micro, just, I'm sure you can imagine what I'm looking for, just a little tiny slider switch. I wasn't finding one in on-off momentary, but then, like, at the last minute on Mauser, I found a little sub-micro slider switch that was on-on momentary. So this, this will work fine for me also. I'll have it set up so if I click the switch up, the meter is on and it will stay on. If I move that switch to the middle position, I just won't use those terminals for, the, for that second on feature. So that'll be just like an off. And then uh, pulling down will be momentary, charge up the capacitor, have the MOSFET do its thing, and when you release, it's momentary, it goes back into that middle position, which is effectively going to be off. So that was one order. I got that from Mauser, and uh, that's going to take, you know, five to, you know, could be two weeks. Then I'm up after ordering that, and I'm playing around with the breadboard, and I took the LED out that I was using for testing and timing with the MOSFET, and I had it with some alligator clips up to the meter to just check that it would run the meter, and it did not. So <laughs> what was happening there is the meter is trying to draw current through this MOSFET, the, those two legs of the MOSFET, and it's taking the voltage down from 9 volts and bringing it down into like low, the low 8s, which is not enough to power up this, uh, the meter. It's going gonna, gonna to need more current than that. So I'm going to need another component. On Amazon, I found a 10-pack of 
little uh, really tiny relays, nine volt relays. So I ordered that 10 pack and, you know, if it's prime, it's free shipping. It'll be here in a couple of days. I don't know. It was like three or four bucks. So then I'm thinking, well, this is going to be two weeks. I don't want to wait two weeks with this meter half open and these wires hanging out. So I thought maybe I'll make this into two mods on this meter and I can make it also two episodes for HPR. In a couple of weeks, I'll record a second one and it will be about the mod for putting the timing circuit in this. For now, I took out a meter. I started poking around in this Unity while it's running to see if there's anywhere I could pick up 9 volts. And up near the dial, there's a series of four small capacitors. And at the first capacitor, there was 9 volts there. Now, I, I don't have a schematic for this. I mean, I don't know if there's one around. But if I had to guess, I bet those four capacitors are where the 9 volts com comes in from the battery. And whenever the dial goes into any position... It sends the 9 volts into these four capacitors for power conditioning. And then after the capacitor, there's a nice smooth current. It gets sent down to 3.3, and you got a nice steady current to run the whole system. So what I did was on my LED harness, I cut the black wire, and I have that over-soldered to the negative of the battery terminal. And then I took a 333 resistor on the red wire, soldered that on, put some heat shrink so nothing's going to touch, cut the lead of the other end of the resistor quite close and stuck it on right at the that first capacitor where I was getting 9 volts and solder that up. That allows this meter, anytime the meter is on now, I got my blue back, black, yeah. <laughs> anytime this meter is on now, it has the blue backlight. So I like that. So the only thing I might do is put some hot glue on this because the way that that uh, resistor is connected to the terminal, it's not going through a through hole and it has no nothing retaining this wire. So this is going to be like handheld, thrown down on tables, jumbling around in bags and things. That might not be a very uh, good connection for the long haul. So I'm going to uh, hot glue, put some hot glue around near that connection just so it retains the wire and doesn't have any stress on that connection. Okay, so... I'll call that I'll call this episode 1 and I will record episode 2 when those other parts get here. So if anybody wants to leave comments in the comment section or if anybody wants to email with questions or comments or whatever, I am nybill at gunmonkeynet.net and I'm still on statusnet. I'm starting to work towards going getting a GNU social instance because I I feel like there's no more updates coming for statusnet. I'm working on that, but for now, I'm still on statusnet. It's sn dot gunmonkeynet dot net. Okay, until those parts come in, I'll talk to you guys later. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.